Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you? I pray you are well. <clears throat> I am doing well, better every day. God is great. He is gracious. He is loving. He loves you. He died for you. He rose for you to give life to all who come to him. Um, we were speaking with a gentleman on Monday. I don't remember your name, dear brother, offhand, but um, I remember you saying that it's hard to believe in a God who doesn't talk to you. When you pray to him, he doesn't answer. He doesn't communicate. And my goodness, if God hasn't communicated, no one has. He came to earth. He took, upon, he took flesh upon himself through the Virgin. He grew up as one among us, took our sins on him, died for us, rose from the dead to give us life that we may spend forever with him in heaven. And... As we were talking about on Monday, he wrote the scriptures, which is God's love letter to us. And its theme is twofold, to tell us about God and to tell us about man, who we are in relationship to him. There's nothing that troubles us that's not answered in that holy scripture. There's nothing we could desire whose answers are not within that love letter that God wrote for us. To think that God does not answer us is um, is a dreadful, dreadful lack of faith, lack of understanding. And um, it is to le- live a very unbearably lonely and unhappy life on earth. Indeed, he has communicated to us. Um, in fact, some people have said that God's phone number is Jeremiah 33.3, I think it is. Um, call on me and I will answer you and show you wonderful things that you know not. Um, that doesn't mean you'll hear his audible voice, but you will know his answer. If you want his will above your own, if you love him, if you want to love him, you will know his answer. So what I'd like to continue with this morning, I mentioned to you uh, the new blog um, uh, on um, Tan Publishers' website called tandirection.tanbooks.com. <clears throat> and I've been invited to be one of their monthly bloggers on that excellent website with beautiful articles. And, um, and my theme, my heart, is the survival of the family because, as I've said uh, many times before, it is the family that God established to build his kingdom. The family is the key to uh, the kingdom of God on earth and in heaven. And uh, without the family, there's no state, there's no church, nothing. And that is why the enemy, who does know that, um, has made the destruction of the family his number one target. And he's at it 24-7. And homosexuality and so-called same-sex marriage, which doesn't exist, uh, same-sex unions, transgenderism, all the debauchery and the destruction that we are seeing in our day is simply the enemy's desire 
to destroy the family, nothing else. No one wants same-sex marriage. They just want to destroy the family. And so uh, that was revealed by those uh, fighting for same-sex marriage. They just want to get uh, the family destroyed. And so the enemy's plot has been uh, quite successful. Uh, The family is being destroyed left and right, and um, uh, all kinds of atrocities, uh, not to mention the murder of millions of babies in their mother's womb, um, and many other things. So it's, I may sound like a broken record, but the survival of the family is what is most on my heart because it is the survival of the church, of us personally, um, and of civilization. There's no survival of civilization without the family, which is why this whole COVID evil plot is simply to control the civilization, destroy marriage, and kill off as many of us as they can so that they have a population that they can control so much, somewhat. There's too many of us right now for them. They need to kill us off. And the COVID uh, so-called vaccine, which is not a vaccine, was created and invented to do just that. So I would like to continue the article that I wrote. Um, And actually, it's not totally written by me because I got the theme of it from a wonderful article um, published on LifeSite News, an interview of John Henry Western, the co-founder of LifeSite, um, with Bishop Athanasius Snyder, one of the holiest uh, shepherds in the church, and um, who grew up under a communist regime. In uh, he's the um, auxiliary bishop of Astana, Kazakhstan, and his family grew up under communism. They know what it is to not have a priest, to not have the mass. And Bishop Snyder said, "I'll just backtrack a paragraph here." He said, "I would say that I had the privilege to live." in a time of persecution of the faith and of the church, because such persecution gives you a foundation for all your life. It is a grace. And therefore, in some way, Bishop says, I would not characterize the time of persecution always negatively. God uses these circumstances of persecution in several degrees for our good to purify our faith, to strengthen our faith. So in this way, Bishop says, I would see the persecution coming from the modern society um, against the family also as a chance to be purified, to be strengthened. Bishop Snyder said that being a Catholic family in the truest sense of the word is the key to survival. And, um, And he has given Catholic parents what he calls the roadmap to surviving in a heretical wasteland. We're living in a heretical wasteland. The truth is the truth. Nobody will ever defeat the truth. It won't go away. It cannot change. It's from God. And it's it's true. Once true, always true. But so many in our society, and tragically within the church, have abandoned the faith, and haven't simply abandoned it and gone off on their own, but have destroyed the sheep, and um, the doctrines of the faith, and um, we need to pray for them because at the moment such shepherds will not be in heaven. 
and they will be accountable for what they've done for their sheep, as well as good shepherds who have remained silent. God spoke to his shepherds in Ezekiel and said they must not remain silent. They must not let the sheep be eaten by the wolves. And in today's world, many of the shepherds have become wolves. There are many good bishops, many good bishops, but either they are silent or they have given in quite a bit. And Bishop Snyder gave us 12 steps to surviving this heretical wasteland and going to heaven and get your, getting your family to heaven. <clears throat> and I'm going to take all these points and expand them into articles over the next 12 months. Number one, Bishop Snyder says, see persecution as a grace from God for becoming purified and strengthened, not simply as something negative. Two, become rooted yourself in the Catholic faith through the study of the catechism. Beloved, don't say, well, I don't know my faith till now. Uh, I'm not going to first learn it. You need to first learn it. You need to know your faith. And you need, it's your vocation, to pass it on to your children, your spouse, your friends, the next generation. We have a responsibility before God. We've been given much. Much of us is required. If you don't know your faith, you can't end there. You must know your faith. Get the catechism and read it through. Get the Baltimore catechism. Get the current catechism. Get the catechism of Trent. Get a catechism and read it through. And if you have a family, read it through with your family and with your children. Three, protect your family's integrity above all else. Above all else, keep them together. Keep them together and protect them above all else. Husbands, don't consider your jobs more important than your family. Spend time with your family. Um, Be a support to your wife who we're urging to take the children out of school. That's not your wife's job. You are both the parents of those children. And you need to get them out of the evil den of uh, the public schools. Number four, catechize your children as your first duty. Number five, pray with your children daily, such as litanies and the rosary. Six, turn your home into a domestic church. And that means when you go to church on Sunday, the church is going to church. You are a domestic church. You pray to God. You pray as a family, eat as a family, study as a family, read the lives of saints as a family. Let no unhealthy or um, uh, an improper speech be allowed in your house. No disobedience. Parents, don't stop parenting. Don't be afraid of your children. Don't uh, fall into the trap of wanting them to love you or you're being popular with them. You have a vocation from God, and you must live it out or you will be accountable. And number seven, in the absence of a priest and Sunday Mass, make a spiritual communion and lead your children to do that. I met someone yesterday who said that his priest told him if he doesn't go to Mass, he can watch it on television. It's the same thing. It is not the same thing. Watching Mass on television is not going to Mass. We're not dispensed from that. We must go to Mass, and if we are prohibited by some reason, we make a spiritual communion at home. We'll be right back after the break, dear one.
Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. Many of you are familiar with Mother Miriam Live, but I wonder if you have listened to some of the other programs from the Station of the Cross, such as The Catholic Current. Father Robert McTagg discusses important topics in the church and in the world each weekday at 5 p.m. Eastern. You can listen anytime to The Catholic Current as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. There's so much confusion in our world today over what love is. By displaying a Catholic radio bumper magnet on your car, you'll help others understand love as designed by God. Order your free bumper magnets at thestationofthecross.com. We'd be happy to send bumper magnets for your listening area so that others can come to know the Lord. That's thestationofthecross.com. Thank you for sharing Catholic radio on the road. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the Internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live, dear ones. Um... We are right in the middle of um, an article that um, that uh, I posted on Tan Publishers' uh, first blog, a monthly blog. It may not be the first, but it's a new one, and um, with many other excellent articles. And we're just going through this one, which is on the survival of the family and the 12 points that Bishop Athanasius Snyder, who grew up in a communist regime, regime uh, um, posted, suggested in an interview with LifeSite News for the survival of the family. We're on point number eight. <clears throat> Withdraw your family from a parish spreading error and attend a faithful parish, even if you have to travel far. I think I mentioned on Monday that when we were in Tulsa, we went to a, a Latin parish on Sunday, and there were families that drove two and a half hours to be there. We went, we needed to go to the Novus Order during the week, but we went to the Latin Parish on Sunday. And um, it was packed with families who simply made it the whole day to be able to go to a faithful Mass. Number nine, withdraw your children from school if they are encountering immoral danger in sex ed. And I went so far on Monday as to say sex ed is not a subject for schools. Catholic or not, it is not a subject for schools. 
Men and women should not be taught that in the same class, uh, but they should not be taught that in school. That's the job of the parents. And if there are good Catholic teachers that want to help families and help these children, let them get them together in a private setting and teach them. That is not a subject for school with pictures up on the board. Absolutely not. That is a product of the evil of this world and the degradation of the human being. Number 10, if you cannot withdraw your children, Bishop Snyder says, establish a coalition of parents to fight for that right. You need to fight for your children. You need to fight to get them into heaven. Number 11, fight for parental rights using available democratic tools. You parents have the right from God, not from a government, not from a school system. You have the, not just the right, but the mandate to raise your children in the faith. Parents are the primary teachers. If you send them off to school, you are, you need to know what you're sending them off to. You need to see the books. You need to know what they're going to be taught and you need to know who is going to teach them. Number 12, be prepared for persecution in protecting your children. Be prepared for persecution. And then going back to point one, Bishop Snyder says, see persecution as a grace from God for becoming purified and strengthened, not simply as something negative. And I will tell you, I I think I've mentioned this before, that growing up in my Jewish home in Brooklyn, we knew persecution. There were a lot of Jewish people, but a lot who were not, and who were yet against the Jewish people. Um, And some of them beat us, and um, uh, one was stabbed, and we were called Christ killers. We didn't know who Christ was. How could we have killed somebody we didn't even know? We weren't even allowed to mention his name. I had no clue who he was. Um, But we knew that we needed to know who we were, and we knew who we were from home, from living who we were, not just going to synagogue, but living who we were as the Jewish people. We had an identity as young children. And when we went out in the world, I never heard the expression being in the world and not of it, but that's the way we grew up. We were in the world and not of it. We gradually into our teens and later life indeed became of it. But we had... um, It was instilled in us who we are and whose we are. And we knew that if we spoke in a way or dressed in a way or acted in a way that was shameful or immoral in any way, we put our family to shame, we put the Jewish people to shame all over the world, and we denigrated the God we claimed to know, whose people we claimed to be. Catholic children need to know today their identity. What does it mean to be Catholic? What does it mean to be the people of God? What does it mean to be chosen? What does it mean to be baptized into Christ? What do those things mean? It means you're not free to be of the world. You're not free to dress immodestly or use language that is uh, atrocious or behavior uh, or participate in anything immoral. That's what it means. And if you choose to do those things, you need to decide whether you want to remain, remain Catholic. 
because to remain Catholic and disgrace our Lord and his people and his church is not an option God has given us. We have the option to sin, but we don't have the right to sin. The only right we have is to love God, to serve him in this life, and be happy with him in the next. It's the only right he's given us. Bishop Snyder says, from my experience of the time of persecution, the vital importance is the family, the integrity of the family, and that both parents are deeply rooted in the faith. This is then transmitted to the children. I would like to say that the children have to receive the faith with the milk of the mother, and then the first task of the parents is to transmit to the children the purity, the beauty, the integrity of the Catholic faith in a simple manner. manner. And I tell you, uh, our Lord tells us through the Apostle Paul not to be unequally yoked. If you are Catholic, you should not be marrying anyone who's not. I know many of you have, and for some it's worked out and your spouse has uh, converted. For many others, it has not. And when you want to truly raise your children in the faith, you have a fight on your hands. Is it your spouse's fault? No, it is your fault for marrying outside the faith. You may marry a good man, you may marry a good woman, but you will not transmit heaven to your children by doing that. I know Catholics who have married very wonderful, faith-filled Protestant spouses. But you see, when it comes to teaching the children the faith, the Protestant spouse, even though many have agreed at the altar that they will allow the children to be raised Catholic, are against all of a sudden baptism. And they will not let them be taught the saints or love of the Blessed Virgin. They will not let them be taught what is Catholic. They will let them be taught what they believe is Christian, which is a truncated Christianity and distorted. I know, I was part of it for 18 years. And I loved it. And I didn't know there was anything better this side of heaven. But God in his grace opened my heart and brought me into the Catholic Church. And there's no greater place to be this side of heaven. And there's no other place God wants us to be this side of heaven. I posted in this same article that I'm kind of going through with you, um, the fruit of a son raised in a godly household whose parents in good times and in bad would not compromise the faith or neglect to teach their son to honor God who called them to himself, even as he calls us to himself. And it's an excerpt from the book of Tobit. Tobias of the tribe and city of Naphtali, I'm quoting now from the the book of Tobit scriptures. Tobias of the tribe and city of Naphtali, which is the upper parts of Galilee uh, and above Nason, beyond the way that leadeth to the west, having on the right hand of the city of Sephet. When he was made, Tobias, when he was made captive in the days of Salmanaster, uh, Salmanazar, king of the Assyrians, even in his captivity, forsook not the way of truth. You see, I'm a little aside here. Um, we are dealing in a time of a man-made pandemic, um, and you are going to have the pandemic police come to your door and remove you or remove your children or find another way to destroy your family or you. You see, 
And so it happened um, uh, with Tobias. But when he was made captives, captive, even in his captivity, forsook not the way of truth. But every day gave all he could to get to his brethren, his fellow captives, that were of his kindred. And when he was younger than any of the tribe of Naphtali, yet did he no childish thing in his work. Moreover, when all went to the golden calves, which Jeroboam, king of Israel, had made, he alone fled the company of all. This is a child raised in the faith. Psalm 22 says, raise up your children, train up your children in the faith. When they're old, they won't depart from it. And Mary, many parents say, well, I raised my children Catholic. I, 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 when I go on to speak with them and ask them how they did that, they did not. They took them to church. They may have spoken once or twice of God. They didn't raise them in the faith. They didn't raise them Catholic. There was no teaching at home. There was no rosary. There was no prayer as a family. There was no honoring God in speech, in dress. They were not raised Catholic. To go on with Tobias now. He alone fled the company of all and went to Jerusalem to the temple of the Lord and there adored the Lord God of Israel, offering faithfully all his first fruits and his tithes, so that in the third year he gave all his tithes to the proselytes and strangers. These and such like things did he observe when but a boy, according to the law of God. But when he was a man, he took to wife Anna of his own tribe. That means he married within the faith, beloved. And had a son by her, whom he called after his own name. And from his infancy, he taught him to fear God and to abstain from all sin. And when by the captivity... He with his wife and his son and all his tribe was come to the city of Nineveh. When all ate the meats of the Gentiles, he kept his soul and never was defiled with their meats. And because he was mindful of the Lord with all his heart, God gave him favor in the sight of Salmanazar, the king. And he gave him leave to go whithersoever he would with liberty to do whatever he had in mind. He therefore went to all that were in captivity and gave them wholesome admonitions. You see? He didn't just go and say, yay, I'm free. He went and taught them. He went and taught the people. He passed the baton. He passed on what he had. And I end by saying, I hope you'll take the time to read the book of Tobit with your family. You will see that Bishop Snyder's roadmap for the family is not a survival guide only. It is a roadmap for all times in peace or persecution, in prosperity or in want. It's not just for persecution, beloved. We live it at all times that in persecution we stand strong and we keep the faith and no power on earth can take it from us. There's the music for our second break, beloved. And um, we'll be back right after the break, and it'll be our half hour together for your calls, your texts, and your emails. Call in toll-free with anything on your heart at all. Toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back.
We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustained life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations, thank you for helping to save the culture. Here at the Station of the Cross, we proudly bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners through radio and mobile devices, and we're grateful for the feedback we've received. I'm a widower, parent of three almost adults, and listen to you guys around the clock. Father McTigg, Society of Jesus, he's wonderful. My mother Miriam, of course, the Divine Office, and many other great things that Station of the Cross does. So thanks very much for your great work. I had a friend at work email me and tell me about the Station of the Cross a couple months after it started, and I was so excited. I tuned into it, and I found that I love the Catholic Station. If you've been blessed, by listening to the Station of the Cross, let us know. Call 1-877-888-6279, extension 112, then share your testimonial with us. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our half hour together, and our lines are open uh, for your calls, anything at all on your heart. I always say it has not to do with our subject, but the the matter of your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have Maria from Canada on the line. Hello, Maria. Hi, how are you? Well, I'm doing fine, dear one. How about yourself? Well, I'm feeling very blessed because I'm talking to you. <laughs> okay, okay. God keeps us keeps us faithful folks together. It's a blessing. Do you have a question, Maria? Yes. Uh, Mother Miriam, we have a new priest in my church. This is my fourth church I have switched to. And unfortunately, this new priest believes that the Pope is taking us in the right path. Mm-hmm. It was a very big surprise for me because he comes from a co- communist country and his parents wow. live in the United States. Wow. From that communist country. And, mm. But he seems to be very progressive in that yeah. sense that he believes the Pope and the encyclical of the environment 
believe wholeheartedly that is the truth and that's what we should do. Now, I used to go to confession every other week, and now I find myself, it's going to be my fifth week without confession. I don't feel like I want to hear advice from him because he, these moments in the, the church, we can't be middle of the road. We are either with good or, or evil. You're very and, right, Maria. And I don't know what to do. I used to go to, for a year, I went to a Latin mass um, church, had a church, a mass in Latin, but it was out of my town. I live in a very small town. And because winter is so long here, it was kind of dangerous, the winter drive. And I decided to come back to a church in town. So I have gone to the other two churches and the, I found the same situation mm-hmm. with the priest. So I don't know what to do. I don't know okay. what to say to myself to go to confession again, because it's going to be five weeks this Sunday without confession. No, no, no. Number one, Maria, um, you don't go to confession for advice from a priest. You go to confession to be forgiven by God. It is God who forgives us through the priest. And so the reason for confession is not to get good advice, not to get counsel. It's a, it's a gift if the, it's a good priest who can give good counsel and advice. But it's not the purpose of confession. You are going to God in that confessional. And God will speak to you through that priest. And so go and confess your sins and let you, and so that you can hear the words, I absolve you. And when the priest says, I absolve you, it's not the opinion of that priest. Those are the words of Christ himself through the priest. Christ alone forgives sins. So don't uh, hold yourself, that would be the enemy's ploy for you. Don't hold yourself back from going to confession and being forgiven. If you want counsel, if you want what, no, to know what to do, and you don't appreciate that priest, then you don't ask him. You, then there's others to talk to. But don't withhold yourself from confession, all right? And again, if you go to confession, the priest is not going to start, start talking about climate and all this mess. He's, it, it, you're the subject there. So if you, if you the, the, the main thing is that you are absolved from your sin. Don't withhold that from yourself. And whatever penance he gives you, trust that from God and do it. That's it. Uh, so you live your life with God and you don't let um, priests or, or anyone else come in the way who are not on track uh, the way you wish them to be. Does that make sense, Maria? Absolutely. I needed to okay. hear from you, but to you. <laughs> okay, sweetheart. How far is the Latin church from you? How far? How, how much of a drive? The highway. It's about, no, it's not that far. It's about 35 minutes. All but right. And where in Canada are you? Where in Canada do you live? I live uh, close to Very cold. Um, I didn't quite get that, but it doesn't matter. I lived in Canada I too. Close to Niagara Falls. Niagara okay. Falls. Oh, close there. to Niagara Falls. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's going to be cold. Not as cold as some things, but it, it's cold. Very cold. If you can drive, 
I personally would drive, especially on Sunday. I personally would drive 35 minutes to go to a Latin uh, and Orthodox and faithful priest, uh, his uh, church. I would do it. If you find that it's snow and ice, then then be smart and don't get yourself in an accident. Then you go locally. But personally, if it were me, I'd go as much as I can for 35. We just came back from Mass this morning. We drive 35 minutes to go to Mass here on Tuesdays and Thursdays because I the local church, the Mass is too late. I wouldn't make the program on time. So we need to drive 35 minutes every Tuesday and Thursday. So it, it's not bad. But again, um, if it's ice and snow and dangerous, then then you're good not to do that. But I would just make time to go to the Latin Mass as much as you can, Maria. That's what I would do. And when you can't go to the best, best local parish you can, you've already left a couple of them. If this is the best of the worst, stay with it. Uh, go to the one that you can tolerate the most um, and just let it go. Don't have conversations with your priest about it because it'll just be frustrating to you. Just okay, live the faith. All right, sweetheart. Live the faith and know that you receive Christ, truly Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity, no matter where the priest is at or what he says or believes. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and God bless you. You're welcome, Maria. We're all suffering in these days. All of us are suffering. and um, But we can thank God that even in this day, we can still receive the Eucharist, even from a priest who's become um, a little off track. Okay? Okay, thank you. All right, all right, dear one. We have an email from Philip. Philip says, Dear Mother Miriam, like yourself, I'm ethnically Jewish, converted to evangelical Christianity, which did not make my mother very happy. I can imagine that, Philip. And now I'm going through RCIA. Well, blessed be God, Philip. That's, as you know, the exact path I took. Um, And Philip says, my confirmation is going to be Terence Benedict of the Cross, (laughs) a masculized version of um, St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, Edith Stein. I guess that's all right. I never heard of such a thing, but um, you can can have uh, Teresa Benedict of the Cross as your confirmation name without masculizing it, but you can masculize it if you wish. uh, either way, I guess, I never heard of that, but many, many men, priests have the Blessed Mother uh, as their patron for their confirmation. So you do what your heart wants to do, and it's very, very wonderful. And then Philip says, any advice you can give me for my faith journey would be greatly appreciated. Well, um, I don't know your living situation, if you're single, if you're married. Um, you said becoming an evangelical didn't make your mother happy, so... I would say that when you live your Catholic faith, which you'll know more deeply because of your Jewish background than most Catholics do, live it all the way. Compromise absolutely nothing, Philip. Compromise absolutely nothing. And speak the truth in love uh, because God may use that to bring your mother into the fullness of Judaism, which is Catholicism. And so if... If she begins to see, um, if she's still alive and she begins to see um, the truth of the Catholic faith, which is, again, um, Judaism fulfilled in Christ, that's what it is, what Roy Shoman calls post-Messianic Judaism, um, 
she may um, uh, begin to open her heart, be less defensive. And so I would say, speak the truth in love, know your faith. I pray you're in a good RCIA class, but don't stop there. Read the catechism. Um, read a good book of saints. I would suggest even Roy Shoman's book might be helpful, Philip. Roy Shoman was an Orthodox Jew who is now a very Orthodox Catholic, and he wrote, he uh, edited one book, wrote another. His website is salvationisfromthejews.com, and the book he wrote is Salvation is from the Jews. And it's salvation from history, from Abraham to the second coming. And then he's got a book, which he edited, of 16 Jewish people who entered the Catholic Church, knowing that it's not the rejection, but the fulfillment of Judaism. I'm one of those 16 in there. My brother David is another one. And David now, Philip, heads the Association of Hebrew Catholics all over the world. And you can go to his website, HebrewCatholic.net, and you'll get an ocean of information, articles, testimonies of many, many Jewish people who have come in uh, to the Catholic Church, the fulfillment of Judaism. So the only way to, to know our faith, Philip, is to live it without, without compromise. Um, and um, it's through the AHC Association of Hebrew Catholics, and perhaps David or others may be even be able to put you in touch with a uh, a group, Havara, um, which is kind of a little um, tiny community to study together. Um, very, very uh, wonderful. God bless you, Philip. We have an email from Rosary, who's, Rosemary, rather, who says, Mother Miriam, I need your help. My brother and his wife live in Tulsa. They've been out of the Catholic Church for 30 years. What conservative Catholic Church would you recommend? Their lives are a mess. They need a priest for confession and adoration. Please let me know. Please pray for them. Their names are Howard and Margie. Thank you, Rosemary. Well, Rosemary, you say they need a priest for confession and adoration. I don't know that they want that. I don't know where they're at in their journey. But I can tell you that the most wonderful priest I've come across in Tulsa is Father William Define, D for David, E, F for Frank, I-N-E, Father William Define, who is the pastor of Most Precious Blood Parish in Tulsa. Most Precious Blood Parish, Latin Parish. I, I, I could not recommend a more wonderful priest, not in Tulsa, but just about anywhere. So see if you could go, make an appointment with Father Define, and see if he can help them. We have an email from Andrea who writes, Dear Mother Miriam, I'm a young woman who for the past three years served as a lector at Mass. This summer I came across an article and a sermon, both of which addressed the history of female lectors in the Catholic liturgy along with the traditional roles of men and women when it comes to serving as ministers in the liturgy. I have since decided to stop being a lector at Mass. Good for you, Andrea. (laughs) My mother, my parish priest, and others at my parish continue to insist that I should serve as a lector, even though I've explained to them why I no longer want to. Let them insist. You just tell them it's your personal choice. They keep telling me that God is calling me to... No, he's not. 
they keep telling me that God is calling me to be a lector. He is not. But I firmly believe that God would not have revealed to me the error of women serving on the altar if he was truly calling me. You're right on. You're right on, Andrea. They keep telling me over and over again to become a lector again. Could you please give me some advice as to what to do? Yes. Thank you for taking the time to read my email and be assured of my prayers for you in Cristo Rey, uh, Andrea. Uh, Andrea, the only advice is tell them to get off your back. Say, you do not want to be, you don't care what they think God has called you. You're walking with God. It's your decision. And you have no interest in their ever bringing the subject up to you again. And if they do, turn around and walk away. Don't answer them. Say, I've already answered that. Goodbye. Turn around. Don't make it your problem. It's not your problem. Don't try to convince them of what you've read of God's design. Just say, I'm not interested in being a lector. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Okay, just be very um, straight with them. Very frank. There's the music for our break, beloved. We'll be right back, and you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. Prayer in Time of Affliction Blessed, O Lord, be thy name forever. Who has permitted this affliction to come upon us? We cannot escape it, but must of necessity fly to thee to help us and turn it to our good. Lord, we are now in affliction. Our souls are ill at ease, for we are much troubled with this present suffering. Let it please thee, O Lord, to deliver us, for poor wretches that we are. What can we do without thee? Thy mighty hand can do all things. Give us patience, O Lord, and strength and peace. Help us, O God, and we will not fear, no matter how grievously we may be afflicted. O Lord, thy will be done. Welcome be the will of God. Sacred Heart of Jesus, we place our trust in Thee. Amen. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment, and again, our lines are open. You are welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. Toll-free 
We have an email from Liam who writes, Good afternoon, Mother. Firstly, I listened to you here from Spain, and thank you for inspiring me and clarifying things. I refused the vaccine for a long time, ignoring the messages that they sent to fix an appointment for the vaccination. The reason I refused was that I heard that aborted babies were used in the research and or production of this vaccine. Eventually, I caught the virus back in June. Thank God. It was no worse than a flu, and I recovered okay. Here in Spain, I've asked several priests, including my parish priest, and also lay Catholics, if there is any truth in the claim that aborted babies are used in the vaccines, and if so, wouldn't that be a sin to have this vaccine in our body? They just looked at me like I was crazy, like they had never heard of this, and they have all been vaccinated and suggested I should do the same. My parish priest avoided the issue by just obeying what the Pope says about vaccines. He made small talk about the topic. It was a choice between a, it was as if it was a choice between a cookie with gluten or one without. In the end, I got an appointment for the 14th of October to be vaccinated. I'm so sorry you did that, Liam. Today is the 14th, and so um, you've already had COVID. Why would you need to be vaccinated? You've already fought it. There's no reason for you to be vaccinated, and it's not a vaccine. It's a pathogen that will destroy you. Liam goes on to say, I would like to know if you could clarify for me once and for all if it is sinful or not to be vaccinated. And should I keep the appointment? No, you shouldn't keep the appointment. But I'm reading this on the 14th and it is the 14th. Liam says, I'm prepared to accept the consequences if I can be sure that it is true. But I'm not sure. You can be sure, Liam. And you can still cancel your appointment if you're getting this program early enough. Also, what evidence can I offer to show that aborted babies are indeed used in vaccines? Thank you very much, Mother, and God bless Liam. Liam, all you need to do is open up and talk about, um, just put in our fetal cells uh, used from aborted babies used in the making of the vaccine. I have an article here. Uh, that's titled Vaccine Ingredients, Fetal Cells. Um, uh, they're either used in the making or the testing of. And the Pope has said, uh, some, mem- some members of the Congregation of the Doctrine of Faith have said, very tragically, I think, that because these fetal cells, the aborted babies, the abortions, the murder of these children from which we would benefit, has been done so long ago that it's remote. It's not cooperation. We didn't kill a baby to have the vaccine. We're using the product of a murdered baby for the vaccine. And they call it remote cooperation, and we can do that. Well, I don't care who gives me permission to do that. I'm not going to extend my life based on the murder of another. No way. If I took it, it would be sin. Yes, If the church says to you it's not sin, I don't know what to tell you. Abortion is murder, and it is sin. And no, I will not use the product of a murdered baby that I might live. And in your case, Liam, um, 
I don't even understand this because you've already had COVID and you've recovered. There's no need for a vaccine. Your own antibodies will heal you and protect you more than any vaccine ever will. And the vaccine is li- li- likely to call you, cause you tremendous damage. So if you hear this program early enough today, stay away from the vaccine. We have an email from someone who writes it anonymously and says, Hello, Mother. As you know, the Bible states that God created Adam and Eve as the first man and woman. I had a question regarding that idea. How would Catholicism explain the creation of different races, ethnicities of humans, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, etc.? Perhaps it's possible that humans evolved over time based on their environment, but I'm not sure. Any thoughts? Well, it has nothing to do with Adam and Eve being created as man and woman, Um, but it has much to do with the fact that humanity was spread all over the world, not just all of us living in that that first garden. And so um, humanity is spread all over the world, and I've never studied what contributes to different races and skin colors and all of that um what contributes to different pigmentation all of that I, you know i i'm i'm guessing that w- the environment where we live in the world has much to do with that but and the foods we eat but i don't know that that's that'd be a good thing for a little research project and if somebody who knows the answer to that i welcome you to call in or to send an email that would be that would be great but if you um um uh, human beings didn't evolve uh, they were created uh, but um once god put life a soul into adam and eve the entire human race no one evolved from adam and eve um uh, the whole whole big subject whether or not there was evolution before adam and eve but once god put a living soul into the man he created no more evolution um and again where the skin colors and different races came from um, uh, outside of geographic and ethnic and diet and climate differences and i don't know what else affects that but that'd be a good research project um if you're if you're a husband or wife give that project to your junior high or high school uh, children let them come up with the answer okay um we have a message uh, from facebook someone who writes in anonymously and says i'm very saddened by the remarks of pope francis regarding how priests should not condemn pro-abortion politics politicians and or same-sex unions well i'm saddened by that too i'm sickened by it actually and so this person says how can we still regard or obey him as our holy father it just seems that so many of his words are against Catholic teachings. I still pray for him daily, but it hurts me so much. It hurts me too. And um, and if God has made him, or he could be very wrong, but that doesn't mean he's not the Pope. And we need to pray for him. We need to pray for his conversion. And we need to pray that God will accomplish his will through him. And so um, the fact that the Pope Francis regards... Um, we shouldn't condemn pro-abortion politicians and same-sex unions. That has nothing to do 
with the dogma or doctrine of the church. That is the Pope's private opinion. And it has nothing to do with the faith or uh, teaching of the faith. What we need to hear f- adhere to is the unfailing and unchangeable truths of the faith passed down for 200 years from our Lord to us. They cannot change. What a pope says, what a pope allows, may be sinful, it may be not sinful, but it's simply the product of an individual, and we don't have to obey that, and it does not make him any less than the pope. The pope is not infallible as a human being. He is infallible, speaks infallibly from the chair of Peter, only when he's binding something on us of faith and morals that we must believe. And the gift of infallibility says that at that point, God protects the Pope from error. And this Pope has not bound anything on us of any sort. So just dismiss his opinions when they're wrong and don't worry about it, but still pray for him. He is our Holy Father. Um, God bless you, everyone, and God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow. Live for God with all your heart. God bless you.